Hey, podcast listeners, make sure you guys download and subscribe to the podcast. We get into it talking baseball, coronavirus, a little bit of NBA bubble talk. That's coming up. Enjoy. Right now, there's obviously a problem in Major League Baseball. The MLB owners and the players are not coming to a consensus on whether they should restart the season. And obviously, if in a perfect world, we'd have baseball on tonight, tomorrow, and for the rest of the summer. But we just don't live in that world right now. We have to be patient and let this work out. But the players and the owners need to realize what this means in terms of baseball going forward. We know right now baseball is probably the third sport in America. The fourth league, I would say, in America. You got NFL and college football as the football being the number one sport for those two leagues being the king of the sports world and right now. Um, college football in the NFL, they haven't been hurt by the coronavirus uh, really much at all. The NFL, they're moving training camp. College football, they move international games. And lower level college football has been hurt um, somewhat. HBCUs, I, I think, have canceled some games. But right now, baseball, behind the NBA, behind college football, behind the NFL, if we don't see baseball at all this year, we're talking that the slippery slope doesn't get any better if you don't have a season. Are we talking baseball next year? No. Um, if we don't have a season this year. I mean, these players need to take part of the blame. They have a great union, but they're just not getting it done. Now, the thing that I'll tell you is the owners are the ones that have the stock in the future. A lot of these players, by the time... The slippery slope won't really take into effect until after the TV deal, which of course has been extended to 2028, but they don't have the full TV deal done. ESPN still hasn't put in money. Um, we assume that they will retain Sunday Night Baseball. Um, Fox and FS1 will get slightly more coverage than they do right now, starting next uh, in the new deal. But once we get to 2028 and the new contract happens, then we will be talking about what they did wrong. But they have they have time to fix it. They have eight years to fix what they could do. But I just think that it's going the revenues are going up big from the current TV deal to the next one, but they're probably going to end up being stable. 
if we don't get the baseball season this year. The revenues are important. No money. I mean, these owners are losing money, but it's a business. You might put on a sale right now on your product, take less of a cut today, but then gain equity in your customer that they would come back again later and buy the product at a normal price and then you would end up benefiting on their trip to the store. But the thing is these owners don't want to they don't want to make their game stronger. And the union doesn't want to make the owners stronger. It's a battle that's been going on for ages, longer than I've been alive. This battle will continue and continue and continue. Okay, guys, the coronavirus right now in America. I'm recording this on the 17th of June, 2020. Right now, the coronavirus is uh, dying, really, in a lot of parts of this country. But there are spikes in cases in other parts. And that is to be expected. I mean, we need to think big picture. We can't be thinking day by day all the time. Of course, this has become a day by day world where we don't know what day of the week it is. We don't know really what time of day it is a lot of times. We're just like, is it food time? Is it time to do work? Or is it time to relax? It's one of those three, nothing else. But we think about what the coronavirus has done is made there are a lot of positives we see so far from the coronavirus and that things are a lot more sanitary than they were before before you could go into a, re- a, a restaurant and the table would not be clean it was evident that a lot not all restaurants but a lot of them uh, were putting sales over safety and I'm not talking about like tripping over a tripwire or falling down or something or burning yourself. I'm talking about getting a virus of any sort because the other people before you didn't clean up the table and it made a lot of people unsafe in those restaurants um, because they're like I'm, if it touches the table, I'm not eating the burger. I'm not eating the sandwich. I'm not eating the chicken nugget. I'm not eating the fry. It can't touch the table. I'm not eating it. Okay. <laughs> we need to move on to matters today. On June 17th, 2020. The coronavirus is a problem right now. But... There are a lot of problems right now. We can't give things up just because of a virus. We didn't, nothing is, was done about 
the flu uh, substantially. The flu is kind of disregarded a lot of times, and we probably should have, should have done some stuff like obviously we can't have the sanitization go down when there's a virus present. We have to make sure it's always to the best of our ability. We can't go to a point where we're where we see someone touch something and then we have to call someone up like, hey, this guy just uh, touched the wall here. We need to uh, burn down the wall. Yeah, we're not in that society. But we're in a place where people are overreacting and social media is not a great, great thing all the time. Social media portrays a gloom, doom and gloom kind of culture where, oh, the, the worst case scenario is that the world ends tomorrow. Of course. Of course that's the worst case scenario. Did you need to point that out to us? No. We need to know, like, and what, where are your, where's your evidence that this is even possible? Like, and they're like, oh, it's going to be a miracle. An anti-miracle. It's going to be a nightmare. The zombies are going to come up. Just, we need to, we, so the initial goal back in March, um, yeah, I went to school on March 13th was the last day I, I went to school. Yeah, that was mid-March. The NCAA tournament was supposed to begin just like the selection show was two days after March 13th, or that was supposed to happen at the selection show. Just to put in that perspective that that we were in a very different situation than a lot of the country. Um, so the goal was 15 days to slow the spread. It was the first kind of, quote, guidelines that were issued. Dr. Fauci, Mike Pence, all of them saying, well, this is what we need to do. It's vital. We need to, obviously, telework, which I like. I think telework is, is something that is vital. My my uh, dad does telework. He's been doing that for a long time now. And I think telework is something that people prefer a lot of times, but also there's some stuff that you lose with telework. You lose um, the face-to-face contact. But then in times of disagreement, it's you're not going to get anything that ruins a relationship forever. You're going, it's kind of like a fake, fake world, but doing real stuff. So the 15 days to slow the spread was the initial thing. And then they extend it to 45 days to slow the spread. I, I didn't think that that was kind of the thing that we should have been doing. I think this is a an ever-changing world. 15 days before the 15 days of the spread, um, 
yeah, there were big crowds at basketball games that we're seeing. So how does all of a sudden, a month and a half later, we know what's going to happen? We don't. And that's the problem is that they made all of these unreasonable kind of things. But the thing is, businesses obviously need time to open up and close down. Uh, so then they so basically it's 45 days of so spread. That took us, I think, to. Uh, the end of April, I believe, was when those 45 days expired. Was the end of April? Places started to open up prior to the end of April. I think they opened up here about a month ago where we could be doing stuff. We can do go to restaurants and then gyms were like too much like Movie theaters were the movie theaters. I think were the end of end of May, and we're here. Today is so much like yesterday, and tomorrow will be so much like today. But the idea that we can just destruct our country over something we don't know what's going to happen is kind of crazy to think about what we did in all these shutdowns across the country. And, and then we get into other things like the virus spreading here doesn't spread it spread here. Wet sand, dry sand was the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Like, are you kidding me? So what we know, so I think it was, it wasn't smart to, so yeah, we slowed the spread, is the, is the whole point. The, sl- the spread was slow. We're now at a place where the coronavirus is defeated enough that we can get back to our daily lives. So then people, after all these riots took place, the media shifts to coronavirus again. They say, oh, it's cases are rising. That, that fact is true in some areas, cases declining in other areas. It's, I think they've pointed out like 20 states I know a few of them were Utah, Wyoming, Alaska. Not a lot of people live in those states. And they didn't have a bad outbreak initially. Uh, they did. There, I think two, two states were big. I think they had Florida, Arizona, and Texas maybe on there. Um, but that's true. And then I see this. So that... Yes, cases are on the rise, but testing is also on the rise. Hospitalizations are pretty stable right now. 
the hospitalization rate is way down. The COVID positive two hospitalizations are going way down. So of all the people that tested positive in April and May, they were way more likely to be in a, in a hospital than now. It's not because the virus was more deadly then, which it may have been, which is a thing that I've been saying, is that the virus can't kill every, every host's body that it can survive in. It can't, can't do that, otherwise it's going to die. It's going to die off. If it kills every, every uh, body that can't support the virus, it has to become weaker and more contagious. I don't think it's going to become more contagious because it's really contagious right now. At least that's what they've told us. Um, I don't know anybody that's gotten, that has had the disease. So obviously, you shouldn't ask me what it's like to have the disease. Uh, my mom knows someone that had it. Someone's cousin's girlfriend or something that had it. I don't know if that has anything to do with me. So we need to stop with the doom and gloom. And we need to start building back our country. This is an election year. And things would be a lot different if this was a midterm year. If we were in... If this... All of this happened in 2022, a World Cup year, rather than an Olympics year, which the Olympics got postponed, I think we'd be in a very different situation with the media. The media is always hostile in a, in a presidential election year, much more than they were four years ago. And it's 2024. We're going to be in a situation where the media is going to be hostile. They're going to be like, we hate whoever. It's not going to be Donald Trump. Just that we we only look at people's uh, flaws. We don't look at their successes. We don't, like Donald Trump, you can't say that he's done nothing for our country. Uh, people quote uh, criticize his video of what his team has done. Do I think other presidents could have done what he's done? Yes, of course. Do I think every president in our history could have done that? No. Um, there are certain presidents that are better at certain things than others. Donald Trump is uh, certainly a business owner. He is really good at business. Now, healthcare, I would not put every dollar on Donald Trump. I would put most of my dollars on, on him as a businessman that he will um, okay I think we are pretty much done with what I was about to, what I was saying about the coronavirus is that the media likes to put blame on people the coronavirus wasn't anyone's fault first off it wasn't anyone's fault second of all 
um, the coronavirus is an ever-changing topic. It was declared a pandemic on March 11th, I believe. Yeah, we were still in school for two more days after March 11th. To now, where it's So we, we see people testing positive, like Ezekiel Elliott, he's tested positive for the coronavirus. We've seen, um, anyone, I don't know who else has tested positive of recently. We're just going to say Ezekiel Elliott. I'm sure there's NBA players that have tested positive and are going to test positive during their bubble. Is that they said, well, one test one positive test doesn't mean that we're doing things wrong. It's just that we have to deal with it. And I agree. The virus is not deadly to a majority of the country. It is deadly to people that are over the age of 50, for sure. Um, mostly over the age of, of uh, 55 and 60. And those that are immune suppressed. Yes, it is deadly to some under the age of 50, but typically only the people that have deficiencies that you should know by now if you if you have immune deficiencies. And if you do, you need to take precautions for your own personal health. Now, it's not a need where there's going to be people that come to your door if you don't. It's a personal risk that you should you should uh, consider every day of your life is that there are risks in life. Driving on the interstate at a higher speed is more dangerous than driving on a town road at 25 miles an hour. Not because uh, not that the interstate is worse than a town road, but that the interstate is more risky. I would say that more risky of death, obviously, it's probably, you might be more, might get in a crash more often in a, in a uh, town because there are more, more intersections and more things like that, but the likelihood of death in a town is is lower than an interstate. Um, we need to obviously know our risk in everything, and risk happens every day. Do I risk? Do I take risk? Yes. You're probably taking risk if you eat cookie dough. Okay. There, there's probably risk there. Um, I mean, there is. Probably is not the right word. So let's end off today's show with uh, some some sports stuff because I've been on a tangent for way too long today. Uh, we're going to talk about the NBA and their 113-page document. I didn't. I never. I never saw this document firsthand. We're going to just leave it at that. So I see these things that they're going to be in three different hotels. 
you got basically your your tier one hotel, tier two, and tier three hotel. I I don't know why people are getting so upset. It's not like it's not like it's someone's fault that they had to break them up into different hotels. If they could all be in one hotel, they might do that. But they had probably had to use three hotels because there's such a great deal of people in each team and each team staff. They need to get here. Um, but I think they were right to do that. They want they don't wanna have three hotels in use late in the playoffs. Uh, I don't think we're gonna have three hotels in use by the time we get to the NBA finals. Well, certainly not the but uh, the conference finals, I don't think we're gonna have any hotels. More than two hotels. <laughs> I don't think it really matters. I think it's fine. It's all good. We'll leave it. At, we'll leave it at that with those hotels. Um, they get like basically luxury stuff. Um, they get. Uh, I, I think people are having an interest in the playing cards thing. That's a kind of a waste of paper, waste of trees. Is that environmentally friendly to be throwing away a deck of playing cards? I think. That kind of make, defeats the whole purpose. I think we should just donate these playing cards later. I don't know why we, we're throwing them away. I think we should... We should give them out as autographs later. Everyone should autograph a playing card. And then all these NBA fans that... that had wanted to uh, go to games this playoffs... Or they could, or they could auction these cards. Um, like you're selling a playing card because you won the hand or something. You won the, the game, and then you'd auction off the playing card signed by said player, and then you give it away, donate the the proceeds to charity. And you look good. The NBA, of course, is a player-driven league, star-driven, all that good stuff. Right now, they're in kind of a interesting position. They're going to a bubble when every other league will likely, other than Major League Soccer, but Major League Soccer is going to a bubble about for three and a half weeks, I guess, earlier than the NBA. They are it's the same bubble. So Major League Soccer, by the time the NBA starts, will be, I believe, at the quarterfinals when the NBA starts their regular season. So Major League Soccer will be done August 11th at the final. And I don't. I think we're not starting the playoffs until after August 11th. It's gonna be right around that date where the playoffs start in NBA. I don't think you they that MLS would be happy if you started the playoffs in the 
the same day as the MLS is back final because they're sharing the facility and ESPN will likely have a lot of uh, interest in both. They probably don't want to play, play at the same time. Uh, it's interesting that we're going to have NFL football probably with fans, certainly not at some kind of controlled environment bubble. We're going to have fans um, probably in September. Now, there's an increased kind of conspiracy, not really conspiracy, but an idea that the NFL would delay the season, and we'd start with week five, uh, which currently is scheduled with the Bears and the Buccaneers. I don't know how that would play out really with TV deals. Bears-Buccaneers is a Fox Thursday night football game. Um, NBC typically has the season opener, which is Chiefs-Texans. So I think that would be interesting if they do decide that. I don't think we're going to have to worry about it. I think we're going to start on time because the NFL wants to prove that football is bigger than the coronavirus. It's so the NHL, they are going to play in a bubble. But they have said that there is a possibility that we'll play the Stanley Cup final outside of the bubble. And potentially a conference finals as well. I like their stance very the NHL being more flexible than the NBA. I think in, in a time of crisis, flexibility is always something you want. And the NHL, yes, has the flexibility there. So I think it, it's wrong to kind of sort of start your own league like Kyrie. I think they should all play. I think they should all support Black Lives Matter in Orlando. I don't think they're as powerful without basketball. Like, is Kyrie very powerful if he didn't play basketball? No. He's just another guy. They need to use their platform uh, like Europe is with soccer. They have their platform and it's very clear that you're not going to get to watch the game without watching players kneel. Um, now I don't think that they should be playing the national anthem if people are going to kneel during it. I don't know if they need to play the national anthem in Orlando. There's not really a crowd to please. Um, I, I don't think they should play the national anthem on TV until at least the finals. Because it's just... I really don't see the point. Of course, if you're on a military base, they should play the national anthem if you're in somewhere that, on like a, a mill anywhere, at a school you should probably play the national anthem. But, kind of personal, 
sport they play in two countries I mean ML, NBA and MLB they have Toronto okay that's one city um, it's more interesting in, in the NHL because you got two national anthems and it's more meaningful I the Canadian national anthem it just seems more powerful than the United States one because you see all this be- this passion of the crowd at, at at the ice arena is so crazy. I mean, we're gonna we gotta end it. We we can't keep going on. We can't keep ranting on the NBA. We have to end it. So guys, peace out.